This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the coated in blue, Justin Waddell. What's up, Justin? Oh, nothing much. How was your weekend? How was your birthday, man? It was fine. It was fine. Did you have a good one? I had my little. I had my little gathering of people smoking cigars and having some cocktails, and you know, mm-hmm. one of my buddies took care of all the food, so that was nice. It was good. It's your first COVID birthday. <laughs> Not my last, probably. So uh, I, I was telling everybody, thanks for celebrating my last birthday. So I, I was going around telling everybody that. I um, I picked you up a little tiny present this weekend. I got to get you something else, but I, I will there be you gifting you something a little bit late for your birthday. I don't see you. So do I have to mail it to you? I, maybe I'll throw it in your yard or something. But uh, yeah, I have to I have to get it to you somehow. It's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a pretty precious gift. Well, yeah, well, this is it, man. We're done. What do you mean? We're done. As a human race or as a podcast? What? No, as a podcast, we're, 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 we're consistently mediocre. As a race, we are well below mediocre. (laughs) Think if we, I was thinking about this. Do you think if we died, like you and I died and then you think some, we'd still be as ghosts recording this podcast somehow? You know, like in a weird haunting way, like well, the think, first ghost to. No, I think we sort of like the Black Panthers, like you know, like one dies and then another assumes the mantle. Mm-hmm. So somebody would just yeah show up and and put on some some ill fitting jeans and sit in their basement, and uh, carry the torch. You know, maybe as ghosts we we'd be recording our podcast and we start coughing and we didn't realize a ghost can get COVID as well. That would be a wake up. Anyway, I, you can't say coffin to a ghost if it really gets him nervous. <laughs> My favorite thing is anyway. your image has been frozen for over a minute. <laughs> is it a is it a horrifying thing to see? Well, it's not good. Yeah. So you, you're not telling me much. You did you get any good presents? You don't want to no, talk about I, it. I, I didn't get much of anything. I got you know people brought me some booze, which was very nice. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a couple of things here and there. I'm, I'm an old, I'm an old sort. Nobody gives a fuck. Do they congratulate you on the success of the show? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. 
they did the one of our one of our great listeners and friends uh who loves the show and listens to it every monday morning uh is excited to hear what we have coming up and uh he he actually played drums on a song i'll be debuting at the end of this uh episode oh yeah he's a drummer oh he's a he's an everythinger so good old robert he's a sweetie he's a multi-instrumentalist no He's a nulty. He's a nulty instrumentalist. <laughs> what is he? What is he? What's his main instrument that he likes to uh, sling around? Drums, drums, and uh, and also uh, his own his own uh, engorged member. Yeah, yeah, those two things. That's good. That fire behind me is starting to haul a half. I'm a little worried. Yeah, you're sitting outside. I'm always sitting down in my basement doing this, but you're outside. Yeah, I'm outside in the nature's ass. Um, so, I mean, guys, you guys have been tearing it up for us, and I really appreciate it. I'm humbled. I'm humbled. Sh- you should be. You should be humbled. <laughs> <laughs> what's the step? What's the step right below humbled? <laughs> Embar- embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, it's movie microscope. It's a show uh, where we zoom in, in case you aren't familiar. We watch film uh, through uh, completely scrimshaw eyes, and and we, you know, we just, we really strain hard and, uh, and to the point of near break, and then we, we kind of pivot and jete, and we and we skim on down through the, the movie, and we find those little moments, the ones which make or break, and it is, it is those that we glean to and cling to with dear affection. So if we were talking about the best of times, we wouldn't be talking about the scene where Kurt Russell completely blows Robin Williams. <laughs> We'd be talking about the little moments. The best of times. How can that movie be as bad as it is? Were you excited when it was coming? Did you see it in the theater? I didn't. I, I didn't, but I, I, I remember it being an early VHS rental because how can it go wrong with those two in it, right? Mm-hmm. Plus, who, was the, who was the who was the uh, actress in it? There, I know Kurt Russell and I, I and think that, I think that Roger Spottiswood did the movie. I don't know anything else though. <laughs> Roger Spottiswood. What else did he do? Turner and Hooch, man. Did he do Funny Farm? <laughs> did he? No, he was a location scout for uh, Lord of the Rings, though. I've been trying to get a good picture of us, like to, to to feature our our names that we, yeah. And I have not been able to get a good picture of us yet. I keep uh, trying. What was the so movie? You asked about Funny Farm. Hmm. I was right about Turner and Hooch. He did Terror Train. He did the Best Times Under Fire, Shoot to Kill, which I love. Turner Shoot to Hooch. Kill the Seagal. Air America. No, 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 way before that. That was Sidney Poitier and Tom Berenger. <clears throat> and the band played on one of my most me. powerful movies I've ever seen. Tomorrow Never Dies, Sixth Day. Pamela Reed was in the best of times, but she's not an object of attraction. Margaret Witten's in that bitch. I don't know who that is. She's the owner of the team in Major League. And in Secret of My Success, okay. the, the woman in the limo. Mm-hmm. What's the song in Secret of My Success that's like... In I'm walking movie? on sunshine. No, it was the one that's That like, was... Oh, oh yeah. Boom, yeah, that boom. one. Yeah, but she, I'm walking on sunshine was in that movie too. I know. I love that. Of course, I love yeah, that song. Boom, boom. 
Yeah, that was yeah, like a big. Uh, yeah, fair. What it was, was a called? big John Hughes move song, huh? What was that? Was it? Was that song called uh, "Star Spangled Banner"? <laughs> it should be the "Star Spangled Banner." It, it didn't have like a, a like a yellow or something in the title. I can't remember what it's called. It's like I'm a. It was... Find out that that is. Uh, it's got to be. Oh yeah, per, by performed who? by Yellow. Yellow. Okay, so I got the band name was the color. So. They were. It was also in Ferris Bueller's, at least. Of course I know it was. Of course it was. Ferris Bueller had a. Um, you know, we have to play the game, Justin. What do you mean? Yellow, still a band or not? <laughs> were they ever a band? I mean, that seems like an experiment. Had to be like related to like Devo or something. Current, still going. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Motherfuck. Motherfuck. When did they start? Like the late seventies or something? Yes. It's yeah. a duo of Dieter Meyer and Boris Blank. Uh, could not be a more fitting name. <sighs> Band is what? best known for their 1985 single, Oh Yeah, which appeared in, holy shit, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Secret right. of My Success, Uncle yeah. Buck, American Pie Presents the Book of Love, K-9, Captain Underpants, the first epic movie, Irreversible. <laughs> so let me say this. They, you know, I don't know. Your one of your favorite actors, Josh Gad, has been doing a. Actually, I like Josh Gad. He's been doing a quarantine. I've, I'm aware. Show. I've watched it. I know. And he's like, he's reuniting casts of of movies that you love. So one of those movies is uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He got Alan Ruck back, he, or Alan Ruck. He got Matthew Broderick, Jennifer Grey, Mia Sarah, Even Mia Sarah in here, but he did not get one Jeffrey Jones, well, who is in this film. He is in this film. Um, what is this film, Nick? Okay, well, this film, but first, can I say, how's Chevy Chase looking? I didn't watch it. Oh, because at the end of that John Hughes thing, they, they do this montage of from all the John Hughes films of people do, doing lines. So mm-hmm. you got like Judd Nelson and all these fucks, and then Chevy Chase is on there, and it's tough. It's a, it's a tough watch. Yeah, so the movie we're doing today is called Devil's Advocate. Uh-huh. Uh, finally... Let's welcome Taylor Hackford into the movie microscope. <laughs> the husband, the bay of who? Helen Mirren. That's he gets, right. He, he has been crisping that fucking attic for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> she, I don't, I mean, Taylor Hackford, for God's sakes. Um, <laughs> You know, this movie is pretty great. I like it. He's got what else did he do besides this movie? I can't zoom in that hard. I can't look at his. I know he did. I know he did. Everybody's all American. I know that for a fact because I remember the poster that I, for some reason, had in my room. Okay, because I'm a fucking idiot. (laughs) Um, Taylor Hackford. He he actually has had a rather sizable career. Mm -hmm. I am blown away. That guy has just been slamming it home for so long to her though uh let's see actually only since the late 90s so that's his third wife oh so they got married a little bit later in life still yeah he's he did officer and gentleman which is his biggest he did mm-hmm. ray um, movie you bring up all the time you do i do <laughs> um he recently did the comedian he did parker love ranch Proof of Life, which we'll be doing on here. We did Proof of Life. White, White Nights, which we'll be doing on here. And Blood In, Blood Out, which 
I can't believe we haven't already done on here. What's blood in, blood out? Oh, you know, oh, it's, he, a, it's oh. a Bush song. Blood in, blood <laughs> out. Yeah. No, it's great. It's a gang. It's a gang story. That fire is hauling its ass, man. I know. Are you worried about it? It's so Nick's got a crackling fire behind him, and he keeps turning around to either bask in its magnificence or get worried. It looks. Are you worried? No, I just. I, I should be sitting over there. Should take this whole rig over there. Um, fucking devil's advocate. So this is a movie that um, was a hit. Surprisingly so. Huge uh, hit. And a film that I have not seen since that Snapper DVD that came out right after uh, the theatrical release. Mm-hmm. You remember that DVD? No. I, now, do you have the original? That's the thing about this movie that it has a little bit of a um, post-traumatic DVD release type thing happened to it where... Um, a piece of art that was a, a, a kind of a significant part of that film. They had to paint over in the re- DVD release of the movie because uh, they ripped off a, uh, right. A sculpt, like a guy that, you know, a guy's sculpture, basically. Um, <clears throat> that's a, I think that's kind of a strange thing that, that we'll have to talk about that a little bit, but do you have just, the, just did. Do you have, no, do you have the DVD that has the, no, that unedited version, the uncensored version? No, I like because there like were some think, DVDs made, my friend. There I know, but I like DVDs. that you think, um, you know, after purging six thousand DVDs, that I would have hung on to that one. I'm that's, just saying that there's a lot about you think about me as a person. You and I could go on some. Um, we could just quit our jobs and then hunt down uncensored Devil's Advocate DVDs for the rest of our lives. Yeah, you know, I bet those trade pretty high. Don't that you think? Like an Alexander Payne movie waiting to happen. Two guys yeah. pass their prime going a vision quest to fucking find the rare Devil's Advocate DVD. It could turn into something pretty pretty exciting. Yeah. I think. Movie could be called It's Cheaper to Kidnap Pacino. <laughs> I think Pacino's uh I think he's recently eighty. Is that oh, correct? Jesus Christ, let's hope not. And he you know, he he was dating a younger woman. It's who, impossible not to. And he, and he who went to the press recently and ripped him for being old, basically. I think that's what happened. <laughs> it's like, I'm dating some old guy. He's acting old around me. <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash. Al Pacino, I got good news. Al Pacino is not 80. He's 80. Holy shit. She's like, I wanted to go out for steak and he wanted me to feed him tapioca. You know, that kind of stuff. She was slinging that kind of... Uh, she, she said, I misheard him. I said, I thought he said, I want to tap you later. And instead he was just begging for some tapioca. <laughs> and he, he then had a, he had some soup and went to sleep. <laughs> he is great. And in this, he, what I think one thing you, where do you can, um, how you sum up his performance in this underplayed. <laughs> you know, what's funny is this, this film serves as a timestamp in his career because mm-hmm. it, it's between the youthful, exuberant Michael Corleone and the Richard Lewis lookalike we have now. <laughs> it's like the, one of the last hurrahs of Pacino looking like Pacino. He's having fun in this movie, too. And apparently, he if you read the IMDb uh, trivia like I did, he turned this movie down quite a few times before signing a board. 
And we Taylor Hackford is the one. We almost, had, we almost had Kevin Spacey. <clears throat> yeah, some other people too. Yeah. Who else? Do you remember? Richard Gere. Yeah. Let me. And I want to play. I want to play, play a little a little line of Pacino dialogue. It's very short, but okay. I, I find it delightful. God's special creature. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a. Uh, so referring to Jeffrey uh, Jones at that. Yeah. At yeah. That he keeps calling him God's special special creature. Which I just. How fitting. I wish he had a recording of when he says, I'm a fan of man. <laughs> there is. <laughs> I see you say he, he's uh, not uh, understated in this movie, but he he kind of it's a slow build. He's playing the devil. You can't. How can you underplay it? He has to be full on. You know, he's great. It, it's a slow build. Not really. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, at the end, he's absolutely nuts, but it, he he starts off pretty. I I love him in the first half of this movie because his there's something he does in this movie that I didn't realize is my favorite thing. What his little laughs. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I I read that he he li- he tried to do three laughs when he could so that it would be dividable into six six six. But the bottom line is is his little laughs. Are it's it's him doing his best Anthony Hopkins ham impersonation because mm-hmm. Hopkins is great at that. But I was just it, I was just I actually watched this movie last night and then I watched it again today when I was taking notes and I had the subtitles on so I could see the hahas and they're everywhere. <laughs> Made me so happy. So uh, yeah, we'll, mm-hmm. so let's lay the groundwork here. We got this has got some. We you know we got all of our favorites are in here and, and let's let's welcome some people to the movie microscope. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome Heather Matarazzo to the movie Microscope. Hi, Heather. Chris Bauer. Mm-hmm. Connie Nielsen's a veteran. Welcome back, Connie. Welcome back, Laura Harrington. Yes, right, from, from Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. I mean, we could welcome Mr. Jeffrey Jones in. Mm-hmm. Embrace him. Yeah. Craig Teaser, long-time, long-time love. We got him back in the mix. I want to... I want to we finally got my boy uh, uh, Vigo Ruginas in here. I love him to death. Finally got him. I want to welcome Monica Keener to the to the movie Microscope. Deborah Monk in this, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and you you're not you're not talking. To, you haven't mentioned Tamara Tooney yet. Uh, I love her. Mm-hmm. I love her. And I love. And her. then of course the big the 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 top the you know the top build. You got Charlize. And you got Keanu. Now, let's see. Have they been in our show yet? And Pacino, we talked about. We haven't done a Keanu movie, I don't think. And I don't think... Have we done a Charlize? Have we done The Astronaut's Wife twice yet? (laughs) Which uh, number? (laughs) No, I don't think we have. Have we done Pacino? I don't think we have. Let's welcome Al Pacino to the... uh, Huh. Well, we, we started. We with that. I mean, mm-hmm. we we started with the movie that all three of these are most known for. <laughs> now, Keanu wanted. He, I think he took this movie to work with Pacino. He was thrilled. Yeah, he was so excited. What year did this come out? Nineteen ninety-seven. Nick, what were you doing? I was doing Chud, just starting Chud up. Were you? That's how old it is, huh? I was working for the CDC. And I was working for MCI or CDC and one other. Oh, yeah. CDC and MCI at the same time. And I was starting Chud. Could have warned us. 
Yeah, but I made some good contacts. Uh, I met COVID and it introduced myself to COVID back then, so that was cool. Um, uh, CDC, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what was I doing? I had my first post. I had my first job, which sent me on the career path I'm on now. Um, if I could turn back time. <laughs> Uh, um, welcome back to the movie microscope. If I could turn back time, <laughs> I'd appear in fear. <laughs> so uh, who uh, who's your? Let's just get things off right, just like some film scholars would. Who's your favorite in this? That's a tough who, pick. That's a, who's your fave? Uh, like actual performances. Mm-hmm. Oops, I'm hurting. Uh, Vigo Reginas is in it for a minute. Who who is he in? I don't remember. He's the guy. He's, he always plays a baddie in movies. I love him. He was in Cliffhanger. He's the guy who is the agent who confronts Keanu late in the movie and then is visited by a car. Okay. Do you know who else is in this movie that we can welcome back? We forgot to say who Kim Chan in this. Uncle Benny from The Corrupter is in this movie for a scene. Yeah, he speaks he speaks to Mr. Pacino in a street corner. He does. It tells yeah. him where the, the checker playing chicken is or something like that. Something or like that. Yeah. Playing chicken. Yeah. <laughs> he has one scene with him, yeah, but <clears throat> he's in this. Yeah, he had a he had a he was I think he died I don't know how you know he passed away, but I think he had a late in life kind of he was getting hired a lot. Yeah, that well, guy. He's making up for lost time. Let's welcome another first to the movie microscope, Mr. Paul Benedict. Paul Benedict, I think he's, oh, he's from uh, the Jeffersons. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the neighbor from the Jeffersons. One of the most unique faces and styles. I love that guy. I love that I, guy. That he, guy was one of a kind. He unbuilt in this, by the way. Well, yeah, he didn't want to. He didn't want to. He didn't want to detract from the star power. But he also um, passed away soon after this film, like a yeah. year after came out. That guy was good. Like he, well, I think he, he was, died in two thousand and like eight or something like that. Yeah. Oh, really? Maybe I'm wrong then. I'd Did like he? to think he lived longer than you than you do. Maybe it was two thousand. I know he. I know he. I know he left Earth like in a relatively in a, relative speaking. Then to like all of time, he died yeah. pretty quickly after this yeah, one came yeah. out. I mean, he in in comparison, he left Earth with the quickness. Yeah. Let's look up Paul Benedict. Are you sure? 2008 daddy called it on the nipple how do you know it how do you know exactly i mean it was a stab but i didn't realize it was the ultimate stab nice wow to his but he didn't appear much after this film i don't think did he um he appeared in a in a funeral procession <laughs> let's see uh yeah he was on he was in a mighty wind mm. he was in uh Seinfeld. He did like if he was in he was in a few Christopher Guest movies. Never mind, never mind. God, I love never, that dude. That guy was zoom in. Yeah. A tall man, <laughs> but not the tall man. Mm-mm. Could have been because he could have had a post death career if that were the case, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the premise <laughs> of this film is um, a brash Southern lawyer is is lured into the high stakes, high profile world of. New York's legal scene, uh, and it goes perfectly fine. <laughs> he uh, is a uh, 
he's a guy, a lawyer that never loses a case, Nick. Defense attorney, right? Right. And he never loses. And uh, and uh, they it attracts the attention of some big wigs in New York. And then he takes his his new wife, played by Charlize Theron, um, as Keanu Reeves is the lawyer, and they they hightail it to New York where he gets immediately put on a murder case. Um, <clears throat> now, what do you think? Like I asked you before, who's your favorite? You didn't answer. I really don't. I, 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 there's no favorite. I I'd say that, you know, I think, remember when this came out, I think Keanu Reeves got a little bit dinged for his performance. I think his performance is good in this. I like him in this Pacino, obviously good. I think Charlize kind of is my favorite in this uh, movie. I hated her. This this movie ruined her for me for several years. This is like her, her big, almost like her debut. Besides, yeah. the, it's, a, it's a thankless role. Two Days in the Valley was her debut, right? Right. Um, hmm? I it's it was not kinda, thankless. I, I don't think her character. Well, I mean, her, other than the, the the twist at the end, what they do to her for the second half of this movie, it's weird. I mean. I almost wish that they sold this movie as a the firm kind of thing where it's a guy getting corrupted by the the system rather than knowing what it is necessarily what like obviously there was no secret about Pacino playing the devil in this. Uh-huh. Um it's in the title. Yeah, well not like not only that. I mean Devil's Advocate could have been a, you know, a play on the, you know, courtroom thing or whatever, but Charlize is in a horror movie. Keanu is in a legal movie. And Pacino's uh-huh. in a grandstanding movie, and the thing is, her her movie is 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 harrowing and sad, and neurotic and paranoia laden, and it doesn't match because whenever the other scenes are happening, like you're engaged in the storyline, and they torment her. They just her character only exists in the film to get tormented, and so as, when you're when you're course, watching yeah. it, when you're watching it, um, it's the hardest stuff to watch. It's the least fun stuff to watch for sure, and and of course. Um, her, she's got, you know, you always talk about how women have thankless roles. In movie. I think her role, even though it's a big role is super thankless. Cause all she is here to do is whine that about him not being around. Well, I think she's great in it. I think that she, she has like a, you know, she has a toughest role in a way because she has to kind of show like a mental breakdown, which has got to be tough. And she does a great job. You know, she's also naked uh, quite a bit in this film, which, you know, I read that she was up for showgirls and had turned it down. And right. Um, but, you know, she's like, I got to get my, you know, get my kid off for the devil's advocate. Um, yeah. And then she wore some some disgusting hair in the early part of this film, too. And that was another thing. Some curly locks. Yeah. But she's um, but I like I said, I think this for someone that was so young when they did this. Twenty one, um, I believe. I think she was really young. She's I think she really holds her own. I think she's great in this. And you're right. I mean, her her, her side of the story is. You know, not as fun. You know, Pacino's kind of what he's super fun in this. She doesn't really get to have a lot of scenes with him, but you're and, right. And, I mean, honestly, he's in a horror film. And it's unfair oh. because they uh Connie Nielsen is on fire in this movie and mm-hmm. they and they sexualize the shit out of her. And mm-hmm. um she gets the camera is making love to her the whole movie. And with Charlize, even though she's even when she they they try to make her look bad, she's still Charlize, right? right. Um, although I, th- that version of her, I think she has grown into herself so much better now. Like she's got like such a baby face in this movie. Right. She, that, she's yeah. so young. I mean, yeah. it's like ridiculous. I for, I forget. I forgot how long. It's like you forget how long she's been around and how good she's been forever. You know. Yeah. Um, but Keanu too. Like those those two, they they have a real 
chemistry in this. I think they they really come off well, as a believable. They're in Sweet November. That's a which is a movie I actually really kind of like. I never saw it. Yeah. It's sad, but their chemistry in that's insane. I don't think their chemistry in this is all that good, and it hurts that they both have awful accents. The southern accents in this movie. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Like, what? Who do you think has the worst accent in this? I'm going to actually say her. Yeah, but, I'd, I'd say too, but. But Keanu, his comes and goes. The thing about Keanu, the thing I like about his, you say you like him in this movie. He's good at times. I think it's because he's, we see him doing things we don't normally see him do. He's right. playing, he's playing a less likable character. He's, he's, he's se- way more sexualized than we're used to seeing him. And I think he's intentionally gone away from that in his career. Um, and he's vulgar and he's, and he, and there's an, an oiliness to him that just, that doesn't fit his brand. And it's right. nice to see here. Um, he quick, can I ask you a quick question? Is right. this Tarantino's favorite counter movie? Why? Is there a lot of feats in this? He sucks on a sucks on a foot in this movie. He does. He does suck on a toe. He, he sucks. That is one of the hardest things I've ever had to watch. Because and I've seen assassination like live footage. But don't watch that. Don't watch that stuff. Um so they well, but yeah. I look here, he bites the toe. He is got, there in. is a shot of him just going to town on a toe, whole foot in his mouth, and it's tough. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene too, like if there's a, on the on the one that the, the, the he actually takes a clipper out and clips the toe before he bites it because right. he's a perfectionist. But no, he, you know, Keanu. One thing that I think people like seeing he's he's they want to see him be a nice guy in movies. Like he, it doesn't work when he's not a well, nice. The audience guy. didn't know him well enough at this point. I don't think. Because this is pre-Matrix. This is before he blew up. But they did know him. I mean, he was... he was, well, Think what, about what was River, River's Edge was his coming out party, right? Right. Which is not... That's not canon. That's like that's canon. though. That's I like... Know, but, then, but, you know, Point Break had already come out, and he had done, you know, films, mm-hmm. replacements and shit like that. But but Keanu was just this guy that people did. Dracula? Nobody knew what he what he had. In, like, Matrix was the catalyst for him to be taken seriously. Yeah, as an action star. But he was actually... Like, he was... He was in stuff like he people went to see movies because he was in them, I think. Maybe wasn't he wasn't quite at his matrix height, but he was a movie star. I don't know. Anyway, I think like, you know, you think back to when he was trying to do, um, you know, villain roles like he did that movie, The Watcher later. And like that was his first post matrix movie, I think. Was it? And then he did like a movie with Eli Roth where he was like a dick. Oh, that was much more recent. It was, like, it was yeah, but yeah, I think those movies are always like less successful because people just don't really like seeing him be a jerk. And this, he actually is a devoted husband, and he has a, you know, he's actually he's obviously tempted and vain and tempted by, um, you know, these the sinful choices, but he also has a streak of good in him too. So he gets to kind of have a balance at least. Well, also. Um, also, part of it is because he's the devil's son, which may, might explain why he's a little bit rough around he's the like, edges. Seriously, he's like Hellboy in this, right? Is that what you're gonna say? Is that your is that your hot take? <laughs> it's true. Is he not? Is he not born of the devil, and he is striving for good, just like Hellboy? Okay, nailed right. it. I get. I, I did. You know, this is a huge influence on Magnolia. <laughs> This is his number one. Uh, I, did you? I think the nude scenes are an influence on him for a couple minutes. All right, so let's let's back it up to the beginning of this film. Count is in a courtroom with one of your favorite actors, Chris Bauer. Chris Bauer, yeah. And um, and what's he? Def- I like what, how you call him one of my favorite actors. Do you not love him? 
I, I like him. I've seen him in like five things, and I, yeah, he's interesting. I liked him in The Wire, and I liked him in Eight Millimeter, you know, and the Chris well, Bauer that, hour. That, that, that was great. Chris Bauer updates. Then, if you don't like him so much, I don't. I don't. I don't hear it every I week. do not remember that he starts smashing it in the courtroom in this movie. I did not remember that. <laughs> so let's talk. So Keanu is defending this guy. There's a Heather Matarazzo. You guys might remember from Welcome to the Dollhouse. She played Don Wiener in that. What's it? And then she actor. was in like was she in like Hostel Two or something after that. She was in Hostel Two. She gets a brutal death in that. But she's a good actress, still working, a child actress, and she's in this um, on the stand. And Keanu Reeves is is questioning her because she has complained that her teacher has sexually abused her. Her teacher being Chris Bauer. Can I tell you who whose performance I think she copped from when she did that scene? I got a very distinct. I think her acting teacher said, "We need. I need you to channel two entities." In this courtroom sequence, Heather, mm-hmm. she's like, "Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an open canvas. You you just you just put I'm the putty you mold." And, and they go, "All right, here's what we want from you. We want you to watch Wallace Shawn and the Princess Bride, and we want you to watch when when little Danny Torrance is is convulsing in The Shining. She's like, mission accomplished, and she nailed it. Sailed that shit out of the park. She's got a fun name to say. If I could zoom in, yeah." Heather Matarazzo. How do you say it? Heather Matarazzo, right? right? Yeah. And um, I and I actually for a name you show, can say I, with relish, you know. Yeah, uh, I actually did some research on this to find out. Mm-hmm. I went to yeah. the genealogy and found out what Matarazzo means in English. What? And it barely cast it means barely cast. She turned down uh, later on. Um, Showgirls. The... <laughs> she turned down. The McLaughlin, uh, Todd right. Solons, like Todd, is his name Todd Solons, the guy who did Welcome to the Dollhouse, did a follow up. Happiness, he, huh? Happiness was the follow up, wasn't it? He did another a follow up where Don Weiner was supposed to, you know, he wanted to cast Heather Matarazzo, and she didn't want to come back and and work with him. I don't know why. Have you seen him? Have you seen his movies? So, I think they cast the director. I think the person that played her was the director of uh, Little Women and uh, Lady Bird. What's her name? Oh yeah, Greta Gerwig. I think she's the one that plays Don Wiener later. It doesn't matter, Nick. What happens is Keanu realizes as he's taking notes and listening to her testimony that the person that he's defending, Chris Bauer, is actually masturbating to her testimony. And he gives it the old holy shit side eye. I can't believe this is happening. Uh, This guy has put his hand in his pants during this. And I got to defend him. It happens, you know. So he excuses himself to, to kind of collect himself in the bathroom. Yeah, I love that. I love. I actually like that scene quite a bit Mm -hmm. because uh, the the interaction with the reporter and his little, his little, his little impersonation of that guy's little scoff or whatever at the end. Yeah, yeah, he does like a funny. Yeah, and then, but he's you know the reporter tells Keanu in the bathroom is like you're going to lose this one. It's going to break your streak. Keanu has like one like, and what's his name in this? Kevin Lomax, right? Right. Kevin Lomax has one. I don't know, like 60 some odd cases. Like he's never lost. Yeah. And this is the one he's going to lose because, you know, the guy, the teacher is obviously guilty. He's a fucking creep. And the, you know, no one else can see it, but obviously this guy has got this, you know, Chris Bauer does some funny acting in this movie. He does very, it's just his eyes. It's basically just acting with his eyes in that scene. They're like, look super guilty the entire time. And then pre celebrate when you're about to win. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, to be fair, Chris Bauer looks like a child molester when he just wakes up, like he doesn't need any help to look sick. That's why and, he gets uh, as child molesters in a lot of movies. 
So Keanu goes hard on, so to speak, and he starts bringing up Heather Matarazzo's past. And she has a game that she had played with some students called, I wrote down, the Special Places game. Yeah, I have that. It's Parker Brothers. I have it. <laughs> and um, he and she basically, had, he accuses her of lying, making all this up. Every, of course, the jury believes it, and he get he gets the win in, you know. And that's, you know, then he gets, he goes to dance. He goes to a party to celebrate with Charlize and some friends. And um, he gets approached. Yep. About coming to New York. Not before, though, that on the dance floor, he proceeds to bite Charlize's ass on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. Have you, se- have you seen this version of Keanu ever again? I don't think so. In Little Buddha. <laughs> That is a weird dance move to bite the little Buddha. Butt on the was that dance. was that him? <laughs> He's in Little Buddha. Did yeah. he not play Buddha in a movie? Okay, yeah, he played he played Buddha. Um, but yeah. what do you think of that? Did you ever? Did you ever? Have you ever en- entertained such a move on the dance floor? Not with a woman. <laughs> what What is your dance move? What's your go to? I don't. I don't. I don't. I, you I never danced? never and uh, never did. Never will. Always felt break dirty. dance. You break dance. You well, did some break dancing. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, that's how no. I finished my break dance. I would bite my own ass and then <laughs> cartwheel off the off the uh, cardboard. No, that's anyway, that's a, that's a shocking that's scene. A, I, I, that's a no. weird scene, you know. I almost wish there was a law prohibiting white people from dancing. To be honest, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though. These these guys are a scorching couple. I got to say, Keanu and Charlize, they look good out there. They look good together. Um, and obviously, they're in love. They're having fun. They're celebrating his win. Um, and, uh, you know, they, you know, they, you know, shamed a young woman and got a creep off yeah. out of jail. You know, it's time to celebrate, Nick. You know, <laughs> well, it's funny because later on in the film, Keanu, re- Keanu is required to act surprised when he finds out that Chris Bauer uh, killed killed a young girl shortly after that. <laughs> he did, yeah. That's what that guy tells him. You know, did you? Here's a little zoom. Here's a little note about this that Chris Bauer. You know how some directors will. Do you, you know, some directors are like Carantino does this sometimes. They'll put their for like close-ups on like hand shots and stuff of hands doing stuff. They'll it'll be their hands, like a director's hands, right? That's what Tara, that's what um, uh, Hackford did in this. Yeah, Taylor Hackford. He's the that's his hand down his pants. That was him, Tarantino. <laughs> um. But anyway, so then we go to New York City. Yeah, um, and and of course this is New York City pre nine eleven. And and of course. They had the, the there's a mention of Donald Trump in this movie, and they also sure. filmed a sequence in his apartment. They did, and it is it's such a weird, ridiculous looking sequence. Then you find out that it's his apartment. It's like this gold inlay, everything in it's like it's like a joke, you know. It's like everything in it is like gold. And yeah, then it's Trump's apartment. Yeah, it turns out it's just his actual pad or but, condo. Um, yeah, but um, it's yeah. I mean, they they they. They try to show the they they you know little babe the babe pig in the city there they take him out of the rural 
Gainesville, Florida locale of the early part of the film and the tossment to the hustle and bustle in New York City. And they, I, do? they don't really do much with him getting ingratiated into the city itself other than, you know, getting told he needs to get nicer clothes. And there's, you know, they, they have this fancy house, this fancy apartment and all that. But yeah, the apartment's weird because it's like he get, moves into an apartment that everybody at work lives, like all the upper tier people at work, all the powerful people at work live in the same apartment building. And Pacino lives on top of this apartment. The firm is the most influential movie in history, as it turns out, because this okay. and fear was it fear. What was the other movies? To- oh, no, the skulls totally ripping ass off the firm. When did the firm come out before it? That's all I could say. Yeah, this does feel like the firm. This feels like the firm big time, especially when Connie is stripping. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is it's funny that they put Craig T. Nelson, his character, this is his, this is his condo and Craig T. Nelson's this despicable evil. Actually, he might be my favorite in the movie. Craig T. Yeah. That guy, is, that guy is one of those unsung greats. He's always great. He's always great. He's got slick back hair in this, which is his trademark. Yeah. Him and William Hurt could have had the same career. I think. Does he have, does he have a scarf? There's a spider hanging from my arm right now. What in the world? Are you serious, me? Get out of here, Dick. Um, with uh, with great power comes great responsibility, Nick. Did it bite you? No, no. Um, Craig T. I can I can I tell you I was a little. This was so stupid. This is such a geeky thing. There's a scene where they visit Craig T. on his construction site. Mm-hmm. Or there's a scene. Anyway, there's a, maybe it's a later scene. There's a scene where it's Pacino, Keanu Reeves, and Craig T. Nelson. Mm-hmm. And stupid me felt like it was like watching three legends together. It's like, man, these are sharing the same screen. I'm and I'm not kidding. I felt yeah. slightly giddy to see these people together on the screen, and then reality started to seep in. It's it's po- it's post prime Pacino. It's pre prime Keanu and Craig T. Just trying to carry bait. Man, he's just you know blue collar. Do you think that Craig Craig T. Nelson? Do you think he tried to become an actor and was like, "Hi, I'm Craig Nelson." They're like, "Can't do it." You can't do it. There's already a Craig Nelson. He's like, all right, just call me Craig T. Nelson, thus making his career. You know what I'm saying? If he was just Craig Nelson, it wouldn't have worked. That would be rough. It wouldn't have worked. He wouldn't have been hired. He wouldn't have been coach, Nick. He wouldn't have been coach. I wonder what the T stands for. We got to find what the T stands for. Probably thespian, but I'm going to just take a stab here and find out what that old T stands for because God knows it's, it's something good. Tiberius? Take a guess. Timothy, what are you going to guess? Give me a guess. Timothy's a big one. I, I you know, uh, I'm going to say Thomas. Thomas is a good one. How I'm about gonna, actually, um, I'm gonna say Tennessee? Totally. Tennessee. I'm going to totally. put my money in Tennessee. Huh? I'm going to say totally. Uh, it's <laughs> the- Theodore. Theodore. Craig Theodore Nelson, what his mom used to call him when he got in trouble, you know? Oof. Craig Theodore Nelson, you stop slicking back your hair, you overcoat wearing scarf wearing piece it you know I love he guys. always is in a he's always in uh an overcoat like a what do they call those uh you know peacoat? he's always wearing the, the not a peak is it a peacoat like a raincoat like a you know like a, a businessman like raincoat and he's just I, craig t for god's sake well, you know? and the funny thing is is his brand other than the poltergeist movies which i guess even mm-hmm. in there he's a little oily um but threw uh, up a worm, threw up a worm in Poltergeist. It would threw up a preacher, <laughs> a preacher in its larval stage is a worm. 
So that's what happened. He threw up a, a preacher in that movie. He did throw up a preacher. Yeah. A preacher without legs, right? Didn't it? Wasn't it deformed? Yeah, it grew. I think he grew those legs back, but that's that scene blew my mind. Yeah, it's gross. I, I think I was able to take off from school when that came out or something. I remember seeing a matinee of that movie in the theater. Maybe it was summertime. But I, I can't. That may have been one of the first sequels I was more excited about than Star Wars. I saw it in the theater, too. I think I saw it opening weekend, and it just it blew me up. I thought it was so scary. I thought it was so great. And it's was, sort of, it sort of is good. It's just good because that guy is such a freak in it. The dude. Well, the preacher guy. And it's good because you fell in love with that family. Mm-hmm. And there was something about the marriage of music and the and the era in that family it just was made them so likable. And I think I don't think a lot of people got slaughtered on that movie, which was nice. Like I know that he the guy that played the Reverend died right after filming, but not in the movie. No, no, no. But I'm saying like there wasn't as much off screen intrigue because I know one and three both had an awful. Re- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a cursed franchise they say. But what was the what was the name of the um, Mary Beth? What was her Joe the Beth white? Williams? Jobeth Williams, yeah, rock solid. Very good in those movies as well. They were all great. Even little, even little, what's his name? Barrett Oliver, not Barrett Oliver. What's that kid's name? Oliver, a little jackass kid. The Oliver kid Robbins. I, I think his name was Oliver Robbins. Getting eaten by a tree in the first one. That kid getting strangled onto the bed by a clown. Yeah, that poor kid. He's still he's still kicking around. That guy. I'm sure he. I'm sure he. Escape. First of all, Escape curse. If I remember his real name, I'm very proud of myself because that is a fucked name. I will say that, and I think this is something that people will agree with as 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 much as he lived, Charlize, and it is Oliver Robbins. You nailed it. As much as Charlize and Keanu are scorching in The Devil's Advocate, a scorching couple, Joe Beth Williams and Craig T. Nelson in the Poltergeist franchise, they are hot, my friend. Yeah, they are. She was kind of sexy in those movies. Very hot. Okay. Oh, no, I'm saying they, as the couple, they, they're just, you could tell they got chemistry, my man. Right. Well, Even when he throws up that worm, I'm like, she'd still hit that. Yeah, absolutely. You know yeah, Craig tapping Nelson for her. But yeah, you, and it's funny, it, there's only two bits of trivia on Mr. Um, Oliver Robbins. And one of them is he's the only surviving child from that franchise, which is dubious. That's such a weird. Yeah. So, okay. So, you know, when Pacino first meets Keanu, he takes him out onto the roof of his, of this building. And it's got one of those, what do they call those? Like infinity pool, infinity pools up there. That's the first time I think I'd ever seen those in, in this movie. What do you think of the infinity pools? Have you ever, have you ever been around one? Have you been in one before? I was in one and I, I had to leave cause Thanos was in there. Was he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they do a they do a funny thing where they keep like Keanu's kind of trying to play it cool, but he's a little worried up there. And Pacino's like kind of a little bit stumbling around like on purpose, like he's yeah. like making it. Yeah, Keanu's nerves go nuts. This and Pacino, the way he moves in this film is adorable. He's like he's a he's so small. He smalls around that building. So cute. He, his clothes are a little bit big. He's just a little small and around. He's got like kind of yellow teeth in this a little bit. Like it's almost like he's been, he's smoking all the time. He's 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 just got such a weird. The little things he decided to add to his performance are very like. And by the way, uh, that I don't know if this film was nominated for any raspberries, <laughs> but I have never ever seen 
somebody smoke worse than Keanu Reeves on screen. What do you mean? He smokes. He, he smokes bad. He's a bad on screen smoker. He looked bad. What about when he doesn't didn't Constantine? Did he get better? Fantastic. Fantastic. He went to learn his lesson. We missed one, Nick. We missed one. Delroy Lindo in this. Oh, oh, it's uh, well. He this is this not his first foray into the microscope, is it? Can't be. It might be. He, it might be, but I have watched like four Delroy Lindo films in the past few months, so I got my fix. Did you see Spike Lee's new one? Not I yet. I heard it. he's the best thing about it, but I haven't watched it yet. I gotta say one thing about Delroy Lindo: never bad. The guy's always great in like everything, even when he's in something bad. He's always worth watching. And I, I thought he kind of was gone. You hadn't heard from him lately, but then all of a sudden he shows up in Spike Lee's new one. Yep. He's the only name in that movie, if I remember correctly. Remember he was... Uh, he was... Um, uh, what's the movie he... I always remember him from... The Core. No. The Mel Gibson movie, the Kidnap movie that he's in. Oh, Ransom. Ron Howard directed. Ransom. Oh, we need to do that. We'll do that, we'll do that episode like 108. 108. Got Brawley in that shit. <laughs> That's right. Brawley Nolte. Yep. That's a tough movie to watch. That's a mean movie. It is not. And Mel Gibson does a lot of, he does a lot of like angry, sad acting in that. You know, like yeah. he's like. Is that Ron Howard? A lot of. Huh? Is that a Ron Howard movie? It is. Yeah. It is. And uh, Lily Taylor in there. Yeah, she's one of the um, villains, right? Yeah. Gary Sinise, uh, Liv Schreiber, Liv Schreiber's, Gary Sinise in, it? Is a bad Liv Schreiber's yeah. in it. Yeah, and there's a couple like another bad guy. It, yeah, it's got a big cast. Anyway, it doesn't matter. All right, so you talked about Delroy. Speaking of great mm-hmm. accents in this movie, oops, I know, oops, oops, Delroy. So, so he's like the test case. Keanu has to defend him. He he's been caught by the city <laughs> slaughtering a goat. Delroy as, Lindo, as it as you and, do. And Keanu has to defend him. And so he goes to visit him. And Delroy's like, look, there's a lawyer that's against us named Mr. Murto. That's the lawyer's name. Yep. And he goes, I'm going to give. And he, he, goes, he basically does some magic. Some voodoo. To make, some voodoo to make Mr. Murto have, um, I don't know. It, 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 he has some nails by like a, he has a, a tongue. Yeah, like a cow and tongue. he has a coughing episode in the courtroom. Yeah. So then the lawyer starts to cough. Got that COVID cough neck. <laughs> The thing the I love is, uh, has a case ever been won because somebody coughed too much? That's what I'm saying is like Keanu was already going to win it, but then the lawyer can't talk because he's coughing too much. And the judge is like, you know what? Let's call it a day. <laughs> but Keanu's defense was pretty good. Yeah, he's going to win anyway. Yeah. yeah. So this movie, I, I had, I got, I, I have to admit this. I got fucking staggered by this movie. Yeah. Uh, I saw something I never thought I'd get to see. I never thought I'd get to see Charlie's eating Popeyes. <laughs> that, I never that, thought I'd hear. I never thought I'd hear Al Pacino call Keanu Reeves a Florida stud. <laughs> that blew my mind. Pacino's got a line early on. He's trying to sell Keanu on some shit, and he drops. He, he name drops one of my favorite books. The nerd, the leper, the shit-kicking surfer. What? Yeah, he. That's a line of Pacino's in this movie. I don't remember it. The is nerd, it the leper, the shit-kicking surfer, which is another, which is another funny thing. And then I, I have a question for you because Pacino mm-hmm. brings it up, and it really got me thinking. 
Justin, do you feel that a woman's neck has all the mystique of a border town? <laughs> do you think the a woman's shoulders are the front lines of her mystique, Nick? <laughs> I think they are for Jennifer Lawrence. There's a <laughs> there's a um uh, scene in this between Pacino and Charlize at a party where Pacino is trying to get Charlize to change her curly golden locks. And he's saying that you need to pull your hair back and um, you maybe cut it. And he makes her hold her hair back and look at herself and she looks good. And then he goes, it's fun to be right. Yeah. Like he, but it's a creepy scene a little bit. Although, you know, Pacino's having fun. I actually like that scene. Cause he, he cause uh, you know, Dude, everybody's watching him, including creepy. old Pam, who's an, an, a ubiquitous character in this film. Pamela, mm-hmm. um, when there's when he sits down, he goes, uh, he, he he says he makes her do it because he doesn't want everybody to think that they're fucking. Yeah, he says that. They're fucking. Right. Yeah, he he. You know, she's trying to be. That's the thing is, Charlize confident. She has a, a, a bit of confidence before they get to New York. It goes out the window. Like it, you know, they she immediately meets some women that um, are also wives of you know uh, lawyers at this firm at Satan's firm and. Um, they befriend her, but they also torture her. So, you know, one of the things that Charlize is doing is she's kind of remaking this uh, apartment that they moved into. Like she's supposed to be painting it and she can't decide on what paint to color it. And so she has a friend there trying to help her and the woman paint shames her. Yeah. There's a whole sequence where Charlize is trying to like put different colors of green on the wall. And the woman just keeps going, ah, ugh. And so she goes through about five and then settles on yellow. I tell you what, though, those are some beautiful shades of green. You think so? Uh, yeah. And there's this whole weird montage where the screen is getting painted over while they're going through this. It's it's almost out of like a romantic comedy or something for a few minutes there. It's very weird. It's, but- just, it's the beginning of her torture by like everything around her. And that's the one of the thing that sets her off to this path of darkness is she can't decide on what to paint that place, Nick. Yeah. But it's frustrating. But I have to admit, I got a little, I got a little, uh, I fell in love with some of them greens. You did? Yeah. I think the film could have turned out differently if she had chosen like that second green. Well, you know, Home Depot uses this as they're like, if you go to their paint department, they have this clip on, on loop. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and some of those colors, you know, Pacino green. Right. Right. They have a class A New York style pig fuck green. You remember that line? Of course, that's in the courtroom at the beginning. No, it's uh, it's he's talking to Craig T. Pacino's talking to Craig T. Oh, what's he say? He he says that they need to act on it soon because it's going to turn into one of those class A New York style pig fucks. Okay, which is a legal term. No, I remember Um, the beginning of the courtroom. There's a drawing of the teacher, and then there's some like a pancake eating pig monster. Remember that? And then 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 he corrects it. It's hog hog beast or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like uh I like I like that sequence quite a bit, the painting sequence. So, um, you know, one of the through lines in this is that Charlize is trying to they're trying to get pregnant and you know, she wants to have a baby. Keanu's a little bit, you know, he's on the fence. As soon as he arrives in New York, his eyes start to wander. He 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 sizes up Connie Nielsen from who we have had on the show before from the Ice Harvest. Did we mention that? And Sea Fever. And what? Oh, and Sea Fever. Don't forget the best. <laughs> And sea fever. And guys, um, first of all, listeners, I want to I want to talk directly to you guys for a second. 
You want to know how much we love you? You guys were demanding we do Sea Fever. So we each bought it for $15. Weeks later, it's available for $4.99. And they call that at iTunes the microscope effect. When we cover a film, <laughs> they have to heavily discount it afterwards. I for she survived sea fever. She sure do. She, yeah. She's the lady in the mist, sort of in that. And she's the one that has the red hair. And this and sea fever was the other right. The remember anyway. So she he immediately is looking at Connie Nielsen, who is you know a very attractive actress. He's got Charlize at home. What's he? What's he? You know what's going on, Keanu? You know, did you see uh, Schwarzenegger's Maiden? <laughs> Is that a documentary or? <laughs> it's like Schrodinger's cat. Um, the um, I, she, I ever, you know, as I watched this movie, I felt mm-hmm. I felt like Char- this must be her least favorite movie she's ever worked on. No way. She, she worked to, on that. You mentioned it already. She has you to, mentioned it. She has to hate this movie. There's no way she hates it. You know why? She has to. It led to the astronaut's wife, which is her favorite. No, the thing you think she hates this more than the astronaut's wife? I think so because first of all, they got her naked as hell. She, they, they, she gets shit to do. She's got some very awkward moments. That sex scene where it keeps morphing between her and Connie Nielsen is a difficult watch. Is you know it is strange. Yeah, it is strange. Oh, and then she, you know, I just like I feel so. But bad. Yeah, Keanu. I, at one point, there's a sex scene where Charlize she's very upset about. She sees one of the women turns ahead. They were shopping and the woman has a demon face and that freaks, you know, Charlie's out. And so Keanu comes home and consoles her. They start having sex. And so she's like, I want to leave. I want to leave. But and she's like, I want to have a baby. So they start having sex. But he starts to see Connie Nielsen as he's tackling that toe, Nick, as he's nipping at that yeah. toe. He's sucking, and, he's sucking her toe and then it becomes Charlie's and he's fucking blown away. And it's funny because they cut out a scene where he's picking stuff out of her toe and he goes, where's Earl? Uh, one thing I learned about O'Connor Reeves a long time ago, he's a big Evil Dead 2 fan. Did you know that back in the day? No. I think I might have read that in Cinema Fantastique. By the way, can we can we pour one out for Dan Hicks? Yes, of course. Passed away this past week. From Evil Dead 2 and from Dark Man. Who was character in Evil Dead 2? I remember what's his name again in Evil Dead 2? I don't, remember? I don't remember. All I remember is him screaming Bobby Joe. That's all I remember, too. He's great. Book. That's all I remember. He's, he's great in Evil Dead, too. Yeah, he recently passed away. He was in a lot of Raimi movies. and He was like the Michael Anthony of that movie, though. You know, unsung but necessary. And he had so many great parts in it. You're right. Like, you remember his lines. I love the way he screamed Bobby Joe. And the, the woman that played Bobby Joe as well, she was great. In that and movie. when he's anyway. lugging that box and he's complaining about it, that's another great, yeah. Yeah, he gets. I think he dies by. We mentioned this a couple of shows ago, but I think he's the. I think the re, the way he dies in that movie is the skeleton, the spine dagger. I think he gets stabbed in the back with it. It happens. Yeah. Anyway, R.I.P. Um, I'm sure we'll cover up we'll cover one of his movies at some point here. Yeah. On the show, um, give him give him proper microscope recognition. Um. Yeah, so there's that sex scene, and you know, and 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 Charlie's calls him out, and she's like, "Where's your head at? You know, you're not thinking of me, obviously." And it just adds to her kind of mental anguish. Yeah, and you know, like I said, I think Keanu is really good in this. 
I really like him in it. It's just that the one scene that bothers me with him is that when she does kill herself at the end, she kills herself. He hit the face that he puts on like that. He's in this, you know, lost this lost anguish. Like his face is just, I mean, he's going for it. Yeah. It just looks a little silly. Yeah. I can't help it though. Fan of him. Do you think that uh, when Laura Harrington shows up in this, were you surprised to see her? I didn't know it was her to be honest. You did. I, mean, I saw the name and, and all that, and, and then I made made it made you know I put two and two together. But- so Laura Harrington is uh, the lead actress from Maximum Overdrive, which is a show that we did uh, last year. At some point, we really had fun doing that one, and um, she uh, had to have some forced chemistry with Emilio Estevez, who was just just they're perving on each other entire you know the entire time during that apocalypse. Yeah, but she shows up here as Craig T. Nelson's. A secretary and he she's supposed to help uh so what happens is craig t nelson's accused his, his character is accused of a triple homicide nick some his of the wife grizzly is crime scene photos too i've seen in a movie like they they, they, they would hold back cool. a little i think it's his wife his like nephew and or stepson or something and then and the, the maid. maid and um yep you know, and so Keanu defends him as defending him. And one of the witnesses, he, he was, he's a, a terrible husband. He was having an affair with the secretary and the secretary or assistants is played by Laura Harrington. And she's kind of the star witness. She's the one that puts Craig T away from this crime scene. And he and, rips um, her in bed too. He's like, she's not even a good fuck. That that's was what he says about that it. Was un, that was unkind. It was unkind. Also lying because he no. has not slept with her apparently because <laughs> no. that comes out towards the end of the film. Um, meanwhile, uh, Keanu Reeves and Pacino, they go, they take in a boxing match, Nick. Yeah. And who shows up? Mr. Don King. Yes. Wild haired Don King shows up in this. Who was a staple um, for you younger listeners. He was a staple. In, he was, the, he was the face of corrupt, the corruption in boxing from the eight, like seventies, eighties and nineties. An awful person. Um, I think he served time for a murder or something as well. Just, a, just, I don't a, know much just, just a real treat. And then of course they get to watch Roy Jones in the ring, who is a amazing boxer who was later mm-hmm. in what movie with Keanu. He was in matrix. Matrix two. Matrix, matrix matrix two. Yeah. Um, did you know that um, when Keanu's Keanu Reeves, mother shows up in this, the actress, help Judith light. It's not Judith Light, is it? Judith huh? something or whatever. Judith Ivy. Ivy. She she plays his very religious uh, mommy and um, shows up to help. Uh, you know, Charlize. Her. You know, Charlize is in trouble, and she, she shows up. Doesn't like Charlize, but shows up to help anyway. And she does the Christian thing and immediately walks out on the situation. Well, she she bumps in. You know, they bump into Pacino, and there it's implied that Pacino has not only met Keanu's mom before, but also bedded her and then produced one Keanu Reeves. Right. <laughs> that is implied in this remember, whole elevator. The trip that she was on when they got banged. What? She was on the um, Baptist Endeavor Youth Crusade trip. I had to write was that she? down. Is that such a, that just rolls off yeah. the tongue. Sounds fun, right? But anyway, so she, but before she leaves, she's, she's sporting a, a sweater because she's, she's an older woman. And the sweater has, I believe, uh, a bunch of knitted birdhouses on it. Did you notice this? I didn't. That's a good zoom. This is the cutest sweater I've seen worn in a movie that we've done. It is very 
Peterson may disagree. <laughs> I I don't know if I call call his outfits cute. Um, what did you think of Pacino Flamingo dancing in this? Flamenco. What did I say? Flamingo. Flamenco. Uh, I love it. I love and I love him speaking. He's he's one of the most convincing speaking other languages actors I've ever seen. It sound it sounds authentic when he's speaking other languages. His little dance. Mm-hmm. I, I hate that sequence because that lady gets up and starts doing the bullshit with her dress, the bullshit waving a dress around, bullshit that they do. Those right. crazy Spaniards. Uh, but no, it's fun. I mean, it's fun. Pacino's fun, and it, his tongue should get a supporting actor nomination in this film because he's got that he little was, lizard tongue thing going on, and it's 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 great. He's always looking at Keanu when he's getting weirdness done to him or things are ha- like he is at one point he's getting uh, oral sex under a table and he's he's keeping eye contact with Keanu and uh, as which is relatable. Yeah. Yeah. But that's really like he's always just doing some weird. Um, He's just always looking at Keanu. That's his main thing in this. He just always just staring at Keanu now, and I get now there's this really big speech that that Pacino gives to him. I believe it's during the Jeffrey Jones getting destroyed sequence mm-hmm. where he's talking about the, how the world is falling apart, basically. Right. And he's talking about the technology and all this. You notice he mispronounces a word and it's 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 jarring mispronunciation. Was it flamenco? No. He, he calls cybernetic kybernetic. Does he really? And it was it was. I'll tell you what, that speech, that delivery is a 10 out of 10 until that moment. Like he kills that scene, but then he mm-hmm. says kybernetic and nobody fixed it. Nobody corrected him. And it's just embarrassing. Tony Gilroy on the uh, co-writing this movie. I know. Did you know I, love that? That. I love that. Yeah, I wrote that. I love Tony G. I, I'm a huge Tony Gilroy fan. Yeah, Pacino like chews it up in this. Like he's got a ton of his, a ton of scenes where he's saying he's just, he's laying it out. Yeah, I mean, he's talking to guys in the subway. You know, he's getting in arguments and sending people off to kill their cheating spouses. He's he's doing all sorts of stuff. I, you know, I remember okay because I remember the marketing of this film was really geared towards the empty land, the absentee landlord line, and how mm-hmm. his really bombastic Pacino stuff. But I I love uh, he's fun. He's fun for a lot of this movie, and he's this the way he moves around, the way he moves around in the first half of this movie is just really special. He goes over the top at the end, but he is the devil, as you say. And what's his name in this? John Milton. And why is that so interesting? It's, it's the, it's that's somebody's idea of a clever secret analogy. Is that what somebody thinks are really digging deep there? Is that a super by Tony Gilroy? He wrote a paradise. Paradise. Wait, did you ever read old Paradise Lost? Not only did I read Paradise Lost and Dante's Inferno, I wrote a book based on both of those things. Mm-hmm. So I still did you? Reaper, oh yeah, Reaper is based on both of those two works. Granted, it's better than both of them and more famous, but <laughs> more bought. So Jeffrey Jones plays a character in this named uh, Eddie Barzoon, and I thought, could they give us a little bit of a shout? And just call bar zoom. Bar zoom. You know what I'm saying? By the way, just could they go back and edit that statue? Could you edit his name and just give us a little bit of a wink and a nod? You know, <laughs> and he starts to jog, and he's and he that might have must have been out of his career. That was worst day of filming. Uh, he bumps into a guy and he says, "Excuse me," and he goes, "Excuse me." They put that in this movie. Did you hear that? I did not. He says, "Excuse me." <laughs> 
which I think is from Wayne's World or something. Oh, it's in Jar Jar too. Um, God. But uh, yeah, that scene where he's jogging and then he's getting chased by what are supposed to be the horsemen of the apocalypse, as I read. But this is another one of those guilty parties in the early CGI career where things were just so half-assed, especially at the very end of the film. But the CG is so bad. And also, um, that's that whole tech-speak thing. That's why Pacino fucks it up so bad is because we were at the brink of the world changing technologically. But This is pre-Y2K, Nick. That's true, because he talks about the impending millennium, you know, mm-hmm. in his in his big bombastic speech at the end. There's a great line. So what ultimately Keanu uh, and, and Pacino come to a loggerheads. Once he finds out that he's his dad, there's this big confrontation in, in Pacino's apartment, which features no bed, which is great because he fucks everywhere, according to Pacino. Well, in the movie. So are you is this is this the are you talking about the ending of the film? Yeah, the big climax. All right. Well, you skip. You have to can't skip Charlize's death. I can. She 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 he they check her into a mental institution uh because she because pacino has actually um raped uh, her raped her i guess yeah i mean that, Even though she, he was with keanu maybe it was in her mind but no her body was jacked up so he Keanu is busy getting craig t nelson off the hook so what ha- you know like and he realizes the star witness is lying that she doesn't he's asking her questions to kind of prep for trial and he asked if <laughs> as you do is Craig, he's, she's, he says this is exact line for the movie. Is Craig T. Nelson circumcised? That's what he says. And she, <laughs> and she doesn't answer right away. And he knows because he's like, as, he, as people know him, he's an amazing lawyer. He's a jury whisperer, for God's sake. That's right. He knows that she's lying. It's the fact that she doesn't answer it. And he's like, you're telling me you don't know. You've been, as he says, polishing his knob for months and you don't know if he's uh, circumcised. Okay. And so then he knows that Craig T because of the dicks, the dick questions, he knows that she's, that he's guilty of these murders. I got bad news. I, I went to Google and I typed is Craig T to see if that would come up first. Mm-hmm. Not even on there. So Keanu gets him off anyway. She, he, he gets old Craig T. Does he get him off? Yeah. He gets, Am I remember? They, they don't show it, but yeah, he's walking free right after that. And Keanu, right, he does get him off. So then there's a, so when at Eddie Barzoom's funeral, cause he gets murdered, Craig T shows up and he, his niece is there. Craig T's niece is there and he's doing like rubbing on her back and stuff. He's a freak, man. He's a weirdo. He's a perv. He's a creep. And Keanu's like, Oh shit. Yeah. I got another douche off <laughs> and he runs out of the funeral. Yeah. Anyway. So then, yeah, they have this, you know, Charlize, like I'm just fast forward, but Charlize kills herself and Keanu's inconsolable. And then he runs to, to meet daddy. Yeah. And, uh, that's where that painting comes. That's what's so weird about that statue behind him that they replaced. At one point, it reverts back to the to the stat. You know, what you what they censored throughout the movie. It kind of reverts back to what they had in the movie, so they can so the figures in the statue can move right at the end. And they're naked as nuts too. Those guys and they're having sex and all this weird stuff. Yeah. And so what's Pacino doing at the end? What's his What's his temptation? What's he telling? What's he laying out for Keanu? Well, it's funny because he wants he wants uh, first he reveals that Connie Nielsen is his half sister and he wants them to throw down. Keanu's half sister, right? He yeah, wants not- he wants them to they're the, they're the future of the company and he wants them to to, to completely fuck and uh, and have a, a kid. And then Keanu is starting to put two together. Yeah. And there's a great line where Keanu like says the Antichrist and Pacino goes, whatever. <laughs> he says, whatever. <laughs> Made me so happy. It's such a cute, a cute way of responding to that question. 
Yeah, he's laying it all out. You know, Connie Nielsen's getting completely naked, striking Christ poses. Pacino is giving his like his huge speech on man and talking about how Keanu's is his son. You know, it's basically all this stuff. And Keanu's taking it all in. Like he's all he's like he's following it. He's not freaking out. He's just kind of going, okay. He's asking a couple questions like a good lawyer would, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's not convinced. What happens at the what? Ha- what does he do instead of having sex with his half sister? Uh, he he blows himself away, blows his brains out, smiling, blows his brains out. Great, and he says, kind of murder, self murder. He says free will. He says I got free will or something. And he blows his brains out, which does not go over well with his family. His dad doesn't like it. His half sister doesn't like it. Can you tell that his dad does his dad react poorly? <laughs> does his, his dad starts to uh, conjure fire. You know, oh, he, he's, he he lights up like a Roman candle and then he turns the beloved Connie Nielsen into a husk. He does. He turns her into like uh, the crypt keeper. That's what she looks like at the end. But not, but, you know, they, they're trying to keep, you know, whatever the direct Hackford's like, could you, as you're dying, can we try to get some more shots of your breasts? You know, Hackford's over, you know, Hackford is, I, he might be. Uh, Pervin is just as much as Craig T is in this movie, oh, my Hackford's friend. A super perv. Like when you got Helen Mirren at home, what are you worried about, man? Although yeah. I will say, I mean, I get a little weirded out nowadays when I see nudity in a film. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get that weirded out when Tamara Tooney did her little thing. I thought that was very classy and very uh, well done. She's good. She's I, I like I like her in this film. Um, she plays. Um, the the wife of the kind of the lawyer that originally nets Keanu, like originally enticed him to come to New York, but she, I mean, Lehman Heath. She is very, um, she's very, in a way she's like, just kind of very arch without doing very much. You know, she's, she's, it's a, it's a good piece of acting by her. I think, um, she's a frustrating friend. <laughs> yeah. She's a fucking, she's, zoom. she's playing the, the firm character, the wife firm character is what she's doing. In this I'm going to have a, I'm going to do a weird zoom here. Super zoom. I don't know if you're prepared for this. And this might be something you might want to cut out. Cool. Not talked about this very much. I used to get compared to Keanu Reeves when I was younger. No, it's true. You looked you did. You favored him. And people would come up to me and, and say, and I could say this now because I don't look like him and he has aged very gracefully. And I have not, or I have not. (laughs) When I was in high school and, and, uh, and in college, people would always say, do you know who, did anybody ever tell, that's what they say, did anybody ever tell you you look like Keanu Reeves? I got that so much. Yeah. And at one point, someone asked me to take their picture with them. <laughs> when I was in high school, I was in Chicago at a museum, and these young women wanted me to take my picture with them, and I could not figure out why. And it was, I think they thought I was him. I remember, I remember in the Chud, during, when Chud was tapping, you, people would say you were either Keanu Reeves or Jimmy Kimmel. Those are the two things that people always associate you with. And here's the best part. Then Jimmy Kimmel lost weight and I don't, they don't say I look like him anymore either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, that's just a weird thing that like kind of a period in my life, you know, Keanu obviously is people love him. Like he's like kind of ageless. He's not. Not in those Bill and Ted pictures. And he's shredded and all this stuff. And I couldn't keep up. You know, I couldn't. After about two years, I was, I couldn't keep up. Damn it, Nick. Yeah. You know, that's a weird Zoom, but something I don't ever talk about. Do you ever get any, do you ever get mistaken for anybody? Or did you ever get a, 
Um, Nobody good. Pacino or anything? Nobody good. Wait, who? <laughs> what does that mean? Who did they say you look like? Uh, I got a Dan Aykroyd once. Yeah, really? I got the guy from Cabin Fever. Who's that? I don't remember. Oh, the, I don't remember. The, the, the lunkhead friend? I don't remember. I, I hate that movie so much. Like, What's his dumb name? And and then uh, and then Vermithrax, Ryder Strong. You got right. <laughs> I'm not, that is a good. I'm not proud. Do you think if we if we hung out again after COVID, there'd maybe be some paparazzi following us around, thinking that we're Jimmy Kimmel and Ryder Strong? <laughs> I didn't know they were friends. <laughs> Ryder Strong. <laughs> did you did you have to think what did you do when you when you heard that? I was embarrassed. I felt fucking sick to my stomach. I've never been as close to ending it as that moment. I think that's a made up name. <laughs> do you think that's like a stage name, or do you think he was born Ryder Strong? I think that was actually the uh that was the command that Pacino gave to him at the end of the movie. Oh, God. That's his real fucking name. God damn. And so at the mo- so Keanu decides instead of having sex with Connie Nielsen, he's going to shoot himself. Um, and then the movie cops out a little bit. It does a Groundhog's Day. It comes all the way back to the earlier courtroom sequence. When he's Keanu in the bathroom. Makes a different choice. Mm-hmm. And, and instead he's having a crisis of conscience and he's like he's like and he makes yeah he decides that he's not gonna that he's gonna f- fire himself as the as the attorney yeah and, and leave then, chris bauer and then surprising zero people the 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 reporter appeals to his vanity to convince him to go uh into on the record for a fancy article and then what happens to that guy what CGI happened he, to him? This is what's so weird, Nick, is that there are some morphs in this movie that I did not remember. So in this, the, the this, this press guy, this newspaperman, this journalist morphs into Pacino at the end. Yeah. And because he, he, he wants Keanu, he's like, look, hey, this is a great story. Uh, you, 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 you got your, your soul back. A lawyer got his soul back. I want to, I get you on 60 minutes. And Keanu is like not hearing it at first, but then he gets tempted. He's like, I'll call you in the morning. And then it's Pacino and you know, Pacino has his final line of vanity is his favorite sin or whatever. Yeah. And, he looks, but, and he addresses the audience, which uh-huh. always goes well. But my favorite morph is not that one. But at the end of the scene, when Keanu kills himself, Pacino morphs into Keanu Reeves, oh. Keanu Reeves angel. Oh. <laughs> A long haired Keanu. I don't understand. I think I think that's supposed to imply that Mr. Pacino used to look like Mr. Keanu when he yeah. fell from heaven. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Um, funny thing, this is a weird, it's such a far-fetched idea, this movie. Like this ultra-wealthy, corrupt New Yorker uh, fucking the country up. <laughs> it's so outlandish. I mean, like, it's so weird that you would think that somebody who would be, like, using religion and all that like, kind of as a weapon... Um, it's kind of weird. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, Pacino's not that bad in this movie. You know, <laughs> it's not that bad. 
I, I had fun. I had fun watching it. I like this movie. I mean, it's trash. It's trashy, but it's well done. And I think there's a lot to kind of hang on to as you watch it. It's it's pretty it's pretty fun. And it's not it's only two and a half hours. <laughs> We're in and out, you know. <laughs> you know, it's one of the I mean, there's a I mean, it's got a ton of nudity in it, though. I there was I mean, I did not remember the nudity. I did not. I remember yeah. Connie Nielsen because she's that was like the introduction to her. This came mm-hmm. before Gladiator. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a sexy movie. There's a lot of, you know, and it's not played. It's played for a I mean, it's kind of pervy in a way too, keeping our theme going. Um, you know, it doesn't hold back. And actually, they, they they don't see. It's also a lot of Keanu they show. They don't show anything you know private. But there's some pretty, like pretty sexy stuff with him in it too. Wait a minute. This isn't our first Pacino. We did the Irishman. That's right. Remember, he's cute in that. He's bopping around. <laughs> Which he's kind of bopping around in this. Yeah, well, that's good. How tall is Pacino? Tall is he? Pretty short. Pacino's yeah, pretty short, right? Super. I mean, Pacino and Pequeno are almost the same word. So you got to think. He's. I gotta. I gotta back. Back. Go backspace from these writer strong pages that I've navigated to. <laughs> To get the Pacino's height, I'm trying to see it as I look at you. I'm trying to see. What are you waving there? You're waving an antenna around. Oh no, it's a skewer. Um, oh God, Al Pacino height is the second thing on the Google when you start to type. He's he's my height. He's five seven. Is he five seven? Five seven. I thought he would be shorter than that for some reason. How tall is Ryder Strong? <laughs> <laughs> I would hope that the internet d- doesn't go that deep on Ryder Strong. I hope he's 5'7". I hope he's 5'7". He's got to be taller. Oh, my God. It's like the fourth thing down is Ryder Strong height. What the fuck? 5'8". <laughs> God, dude. Oh, it's fucked. Oh, this is hurts. Oh, man, this hurts. I bet Pacino's. I bet he's shorter than 5'7". You know, and I'm scrolling through the image gallery of Ryder Strong, and none of them. There's, I think there's one picture in Cabin Fever where people were basing it on. Yeah, because it can't. This hurts me so bad. Oh, there's one where he's deformed. That must be the one. <laughs> oh man, it's tough. But you know what? It's. I think- Maybe I look like Chain, chain Reaction era Keanu Reeves. <laughs> That's when he that's when he was at his most bloaty, I think. By the way, do you think do you think uh Charlize had a chain reaction when she was eating that Popeyes? <laughs> I'm gonna say it, man. I I, I know you're kind of a little bit hard on Charlize. I, I love her in this. I think, I think she's I think she's awesome. She's like one of my favorites. You know, she's one of my favorites too. I, I love her. Uh I just think she really she got a new movie out on Netflix, which doesn't look that great, but what's it called? The old guard or something. It's like a superhero movie. Like she's well, she's already undying. I, I recently watched Hancock again. It's good. That movie's that movie's like half good. He's almost really good. Yeah. It just it just Peter goes Berg. off the rails at the end, huh? Peter Berg. It also suffers from talk about early CG. early CG. What? It suffers CG. from early CG as well. Yeah. What what didn't we talk about? Keanu and jeans. 
and Keanu and glasses. <laughs> they trying to make Keanu. They were worried about the, him being, I guess they wanted to make him look smarter than his image. You know, his image, he's been, you know, Keanu has been kind of uh, tailed by, you know, Bill and Ted's his entire career. So they wanted to make him look smart. I guess they put him in glasses. They stuck him in glasses a little bit in this movie to make him look smart. I don't remember. And they also stuck him in jeans. I don't remember wearing jeans in the movie. Yeah. He's wearing blue jeans. Yeah. What's and like, you know, uh, He's wearing like a sport coat and blue jeans. That look, you know, classic look. Okay. Yeah. Let's do the work. Okay. You've been pitched. Uh, you've been given the ability to go into the Warner Brothers and pitch the sequel to Devil's Advocate. Mm. Where do you take this story? I'm surprised it didn't get a sequel. There's a hit. Yeah. Yeah. And where does it think about the history of, of famous people playing the devil? You know, you got obviously Nicholson in Witches of Eastwick. You got Goldblum and Mr. Frost. You got the Devlin, Max Devlin with Elliot Gould. Uh, De Niro and Angel Hart. Hart. You got, I mean, uh, what else? Uh, Louis Cipher. Yeah. You got the, the elevator. Or I actually, Pacino thought he he was thrown. He, he was congratulating De Niro and the Irishman for his performances. Louis Kyber. <laughs> Man, if you if you were gifted the power to make a sequel to Devil's Advocate, can you imagine? Yeah, it's pretty hot. Yeah, I mean it's set up for a sequel, right? A little bit at the end. So you, okay, it's been a while. So this is this is coming out nowadays. So you can't use those same actors. Mm-hmm. And John, or you can't. They they pretty much look the same, except Pacino would look a little bit older, I guess. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I loved you and curb your enthusiasm. Um, I think I think you could do it. I think what it, it'd have to be because uh, obviously that was bumping up against the millennium, and that's when you need to screw out an, an antichrist. So maybe, maybe he uh, he had a backup plan. He popped he popped uh, he popped one in somebody, and there's a kid that's just reaching uh you know let's say 2019 2020. So a 20 year old kid now who's the antichrist, right? He, right, little Milton guy, and uh, and maybe Grandpa Devil uh, is uh, you know he's. He had to. He had to. He had to cool his jets. He's opened up a small practice in, in like the rural part of the, of the world, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe like uh, Shreveport, you know. And he's got his twenty-year-old antichrist, and he's teaching him how to kick it, you know, freestyle. <laughs> I like it. I I would do more of like a similar idea, but like I do like the Karate Kid, but instead of Miyagi, it'd be Pacino as the devil. <laughs> You know, yeah. So he's teaching him how to do these karate moves, but he's also like, you know, basically whenever he's doing wax on, wax off, all that stuff, it's just like pretend you're punching God in the throat, <laughs> you know, something like that. You know, yeah. yeah, that'd be that'd be good. And then he'd and then Pacino would be all conflicted because he would be teaching the Karate Kid, but he really does like the rival. Who? What are those guys called? The Cobras? Kai. Who are those guys? Cobra Kai's? Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's also, you know, I don't know. I'm not good with the sequel idea, man. I, I'm, I'm I, actually I'm, going a different way. Uh, I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm going to do the Star Wars sort of approach. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So what I'm going to have is, um, mine's going to be called Lloyd Getty's A Devil's Advocate Story. It's a spinoff. And it follows Chris Barrow's character. Um, and it's, 
you know, it's really cool. He's uh, he's uh, hanging outside playgrounds and he's, you know, going to like nursery schools and. Oh, it sounds cool. Yeah, he's just slamming it all the time. Like there's like 12 or six, all the action sequences are him slamming it. Oh yeah. It's slam- car door. No, no, no. He doesn't interact. He's just, he's just ripping it up, completely tearing it out. And, uh, Eventually, um, he completely gets off scot free. That's the end. No, <laughs> I like my. I, what I would maybe then do, I would say at the end of the movie, I'd have everybody come back. Keanu is like, you know, leaving, and then he's like, you know, on second thought, and he goes back to the judge. Is like, never mind, I'll defend this guy. Gets gets Chris Bauer off, and then the 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 movie just plays out again. What do you think? Except the only change is that he does have sex with his sister at the end. They produce Ryder Strong. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the new Antichrist. Um, no, it's be funny. He like actually Pacino's son, this 20 year old in Shreveport. You know, it, it's it's the new age. So he's he's a he's he's like an he's like a hacker. Uh-huh. You know, he, he's doing his damage through the through the dark web. You know, so he's a kyber criminal. You know, he's like. Oh yeah, yeah, hacking into shit, you know, throwing things, and that's how he bumps into Chris Bauer's character, who's using the dark web for his own purposes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they team up; it's super hot. Actually, I I think that would work out. Actually, the dark web devil's advocate sequel. I know. I just hope they see dark web a lot in it. That's fun to hear the dark web. You know, <laughs> yeah, Pirate Bay. What uh, a, have you ever been on? Have you ever surfed the dark web, Nick? No, I'm scared of it. I just I'm keep typing www.darkweb.com <laughs> and I don't. Well, you'd have to have a Tor you get to web browser. You have to use this web browser called Tor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which allows you I just to do don't that. know how to get there. No, that shit scares me. I've read a couple of books about it. And it scares the daylights off me. I need to get the truth. So the dark web is like where all this criminal activity takes place. Obviously, it's horrible stuff, right? Um, yeah. And, but can and you still have an Amazon? Do they still have like an Amazon for the dark web or what is it? Do. How's they, it work? They have. Well, well, that's what the Pirate Bay was. That that was that whole. Is that what it was? Pirate Roberts or that was that whole thing. He created that online place to the Amazon for basically buying drugs or assassinations and all sorts of shit. Oh, God. Let's stop talking about it. Then they might target us. But I want to make sure that if we start selling the the bootleg copies of the or finding the bootleg copies of the Devil's Advocate uncensored, we got to we got to go there. Yeah, we got to surf the dark web, right? Yeah, you read about it, huh? I read two books about the dark damned web, and it scared you. Yeah, we need to do unfriended dark web at some point, right? On the show, is that a name of a movie? That might, that might happen to ha- happen have to happen in the early hundreds. I know there's a movie called Unfriended, and there's the sequel a sequel. Is this dark movie web. called Dark Web? Yeah. God, no, I don't know about this very much. What was the book you read about it? Uh, I read it was about it was what's it called? It's about the Dread Pirate Roberts. It's about the Silk Road and that whole thing. What the hell was it called? There's an American. It's like American, not American gangster. It was like a name like that. It was something like mm-hmm. that, and it was a great book. Um, yeah. That guy, you know, because ultimately he gets. I mean, I mean, he gets caught. Obviously, he went he goes to jail, but um, American Kingpin, I think it's called. And he, uh, you know, it's just about his whole thing. This guy was like a hacker and he did all this stuff and it just got out of hand. And then the, the government got involved and there's a sting operation. It's actually very cinematic. And I think they've covered it on 
I mean, it's been covered on a bunch of podcasts, but I, I think there's a movie version being put together at some point. Anyhow, um, so you're at the tattoo parlor, hmm. and you got to get another devil's own, devil's advocate tattoo. No, oh, you mean another devil's own too? <laughs> um, devil's advocate tattoo. By the way, man, if I did the uh, if I did a sequel about and he's a cyber criminal, it'd be called the Devil's yeah. Own. That's what it'd be called. <laughs> um, what would it, what would my tattoo be? I'm trying to think. I mean, it would be a a dream come true to to ink Craig T. Nelson on my flesh. Do you know what I'm saying? Is he circumcised? I don't know if I want his visage from this movie, though. Yeah. You know, there's so many other movies that he's iconic in. I, I would. It's my chance, though. I'm going to put him. I'm going to put him on my shoulder. Can you? Can you? Is he going to be in the pose where he's demonstrating how his knee was on the carpet and his hand was on the carpet at the same time? I mean, of course. You mean the 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 the, the one memorable, the amazing memorable image of him from this film they always show. Yeah. <laughs> he's demonstrating. How he found the dead bodies, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Donald Trump's lair. He's got like his knee on the ground, his hand on the ground, and a gun that he had brought to the party, pissing Keanu off. Yeah. Oh yeah, because Keanu doesn't. Why you? Why you have? Uh, yeah. Why do you? He says I'm protecting myself. He's like, yeah. He makes him. Doesn't he make him give him the gun? Yeah. He, he lectures him. This is a deal breaker. I think he later. That's what Keanu shoots himself. I'll with. be damned. Craig, that's right. Uh, I think you're right. I think we're onto something. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't put the gun anywhere near that. I would just have him holding a piece of Popeye's chicken to kind of relate to, right? You know, the Charlie's eating that earlier. But that's what, I'd get Craig T on me. Tattoo, tattoo, so, and well. so what I would get is on on the back of each hand, I'd have one half of the homeless assassin in his normal face, and the other half is his distorted morph face. Right. There's two. Uh, that's how uh, Jeffrey Jones dies. He gets uh, beset upon by these two homeless men yeah. that are demons. Yeah, and their yeah. faces keep morphing. So I'm going to have uh-huh. it so that one hand is it's half his face and it's normal, and the other half is morphed. And so I can hold my hands together when I introduce myself to somebody. Instead of shaking mm-hmm. their hand, which is gauche these days, I just show them. You know, I just go out and I go like this. You know, I put my hands up to them, and they say, "Oh, it's nice to meet you." Those are the homeless murderers from Devil's Advocate. And then I correct him. I said, no, it's two faces of the same murderer. And then we become best friends. <laughs> it's kind of like Keanu and Constantine when he puts his, his forearms together yeah. and he has like that tattoo cross, right? Like, remember yeah. that? It's kind of the same idea if you think about it, which I think is a nice layer, Nick, of, of what you've done here. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, in the real world, I would love to get it. One, ta- one hand would have Keanu and the other hand would have you. And I could hold them up next to each other and I could have people guess who's who. And they say, why did the tattoo artist fuck up Keanu Reeves on one half of your hand? So why does he look like Ryder Strong? Um, so. All right. So, you, hey, you've been given the money to, to finally finance your devil's advocate enterprise. Yeah. There's a lot of ways you can go with this. People are all over the place with this shit. I know, yeah. It's something that based on the movie that something you can what have you have any thoughts on this? Oh man. Um what kind of product would you make? What kind of restaurant tie in? All right. 
Um, I'm, you know, this this current fad right now, where where basically people build you a custom pizza pie. Where you, you know, it's like Bose, where you walk up and they're putting the toppings on. You get to pick everything that goes onto it. You know, I'm talking about like a mod pizza or your pie, and all these different places do this now. Yeah, mod pizza. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, my place is called Morph's Pizza, and what it is is we have a very thin crust, and it's stretched over a mannequin head. That's how we bake it over a mannequin head. And what they do is you get to pick your items. And then what they, they, they drape the melted cheese around this mannequin head. So it looks like it's in mid transformation. So you'll uh-huh. see, like, it'll look, Hey, that looks a little like tomatoni. And then it's, then you turn it and there's a pepperoni, you know, or there's like, you know, uh-huh. you know so you, you basically create a, a, an edible head pizza. That's, <laughs> That's morphy looking and it's gross and gooey, but it's delicious to eat. And it's morphy looking. And, 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 and the whole thing is, is this, the, the, the base of it, this, this mannequin head, it's made mm-hmm. from material that actually, and in, in when it's in the oven, it disappears, you know, it melts away yeah. and it holds its shape. So you have this head pizza that comes out and the crust hardens. It's just sweet. And you're just eating a, a head, you know, <laughs> is there a toe version? Oh Morph pizza. By the way, morphing. By the you know, morphing was something that everybody was so astounded by. Remember that was an effect that people just blew, blew people away, but then it just started to irritate people. Yeah, and it never. Do they do morphing these days? I don't know. Is that a technique that they use in movies anymore? I don't think so, man. I think it's the last time you. When's the last time you saw a good morph? Was uh, I know? think it's sort of like pickup sticks, where like that was the only game you could play for a while. And then real games happen and people are like, you know what? I don't think we're going to play pickup sticks anymore. I think I'd love to hear a director talk about how they want to bring morphing. Yeah. Back. I think morphing is the pickup sticks of special effects. And I think Michael Jackson fucked it up for everybody. Cause he, he just hit morph on that one video too much. Black and white. Yeah, I think it yeah. was just, that was embarrassing. That's what blew everybody away. Everybody loved it from that video. And then they try to put it in movies and it's just, and it just everybody got tired of it. They were like, oh, another fucking morphing scene, you know? Right. Yeah. I wonder who did what movie did it best. That'd be interesting. Well, I, mean, to ask. I, I think probably the Matrix. Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, he, I mean. It, Uh, I was going to say we could ask our very limited audience uh, what, what their favorite morphing scene was. And maybe our podcast will then catch on. Everybody will be like, what, who's, what podcast asking that question? Yeah. You know? Be like viral marketing. Um, I, my product would be, so I was reading the trivia for this, <clears throat> um, this you know, IMDb trivia. And there's, some, there's a couple of weird entries, Nick. I don't know if you saw it. I did. But they said that Charlie is naked her for about 20 percent of her screen time in this mm-hmm. and connie nelson nielsen is naked for about 30 percent of her screen time right. and i've been embarrassed before at parties where i remember i said i was at a party talking about basic instinct and i said something like sharon stone's basically naked the entire movie and somebody corrected me and said actually it's she's naked 27.9 percent right of her screen time in that movie it's it's less than you think right had to leave the party ashamed yeah you know i didn't get it right, right. and when i saw those figures 20 <clears> percent <throat> and 30 percent i'm thinking 
somebody's rounding up or rounding down. So I'd like to have a site, like a to at least a go-to pay, uh, maybe an app. Yeah. That you could look up on-screen nudity and get the exact percentage of screen time, for God's right. sakes. Don't give me 30% if it's 33.7%. Right. Don't tell me Harvey Keitel is naked 2% of the, his screen time in the Bad Lieutenant when it is actually 3.1. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'd, and you wish it was more. Right. Do you have a sliding scale for uh, 28 days later? What does that mean? 28 days. Killian Murphy, does it count as naked <laughs> with that little scrawn? Does it count is what you're yeah, asking? It's like... So, but like, you know, that maybe there's an, I know there's a website called Mr. Skin or something that would like, yeah. is that what that yeah. website is called? I'm going to pretend not to know. And where they, I think that they catalog on screen nudity, but what about the percentage of screen time? Yeah. And, you know, and please give it to me. Don't round up. Don't round down. Right. I need to know. <laughs> 30%. Yeah. It just sounds like a lie. By the way, if you had to guess, what would you say was the percentage of screen time uh, Pacino was sticking his tongue out in this movie? I would say a scant 0.6% because it's quick, you think so? quick, but it's memorable, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how about how, what percentage of screen time does Keanu spend biting his toe, uh, biting Charlize's toe? Scant 0.4%. Actually, it's 0%. That's Taylor Hackford's toe in that scene. <laughs> That'd be, that'd be gross. That'd be... <laughs> There's a closed set. Uh, the call sheet only had a very limited amount of people because they had that, you know, the foot the foot sequence. So they had no press was allowed on set, no PR people. There's only the, only the, the, you know, the essential personnel because they had to film that scene. And then who knows? Maybe Taylor yeah, did sneak maybe. in the foot. <laughs> I think he snuck his, <laughs> snuck his toe in there. Um, what do you think? What should we call this app? This amazingly well thought out app that I yeah. created that I came up with. What would you call it? And it's it's your it's your business. Yeah, I, I maybe. God special. I don't know. I, I don't know. What's a cute name for a horrifying app? <laughs> <laughs> you are a character in this story. What shape does yeah. the performance take? It seems this movie this movie has a lot of characters in it, but it seems very focused on three. Obviously, you know. So where do you fit in? Where do you? Where can you make your mark? So you know, uh, I'm. You know, he talks about having fathered a lot of children over the years in the movie, mm-hmm. and Keanu was the one that kind of, you know, all the all the dots got connected, and he 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 personified. But he had other kids that were roaming around the city that were uh, in the contention for that coveted Antichrist spot, and I'm one of those guys. And uh, I, I wear a body glove uh, the entire time, wherever that's my outfit. So I'm like in that complete body glove. Walk. <laughs> I even carry a surfboard through Manhattan for some strange reason. And and I got bleached. You know, I got a, a like bleach blonde hair. And I'm uh, you know I've got like one of those. What are the like that shark tooth necklace? You know, I've, I'm looking like the fucking beach come alive, right? I'm like the sweetest thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking around, strutting around fucking Manhattan with my body glove. And I'm wearing those little shoes with the five toes, you know, those little five-toed where you stick your toes in each toe shoes. Yeah. I'm wearing those in Manhattan, walking around, strutting around like a cock, you know, like strutting around like I'm the best thing. I'm riding the subway, strutting around with those shoes. 
Are you say are you Satan's second favorite son then? I'm not no. Or he, no. Going so to the subway. Know. I'm giving people the side eye. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, I mean it take it takes it takes devil sized dick stones to really walk around in a body glove, you know, mm-hmm. with those footies on. So I'm that guy. I'm I'm like in the margins, walking around, just strutting like a peacock. You know, not a care in the world. You know. Yeah. And a body glove. Yeah, oh. we're in fluorescent body glove like Corey Glover from Living Color. I'm just strutting around. I got dreads. I got pube dreads. I'm like I'm insane. And you're what you're not his second in choice. Not not in the top like hundred or so, but but uh, to my defense, they also gave me a very they like dug deep. My name is Dante Oligari. That's my name. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Well, you know, Pacino has this line is this he's re, he's recounting, I think to Charlie's at one point, somebody, I think maybe counter actually, about this woman that he had just had sex with, and she's leaving the bed and he Remember he and she's look looking back at him like, how did that just happen? How did I get? I love that scene. I think he's talking about Keanu's mom. I think that's what in that scene. I think he's recounting that story, and I think he's talking about Keanu's mom. He's like, "Yep, just little old me." He says, "Little old me that just gave her like a on a scale of one to ten. Or no, it's later on he talks about a scale of one to ten with Charlize, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's giving himself props for how how well he did in the in the sack. Yeah." Does any of that pass down to the body glover shape of Dante? Virgin. <laughs> well, I, my character would be, uh, I would be in the building. I, they were, they were contracting me at the law firm and I'm like uh, a Mindspring rep. <laughs> Remember Mindspring internet? Of course. I think I mentioned I think it earlier. Maybe still around. Huh? I think I mentioned it earlier. Did you really? No, no, I worked for MCI, not Mindspring. Okay, yeah. Did you ever work for Mindspring? No. I think they might still be around in some shape or form. I something. Anyway, so I'd be in the law firm trying to ignore all the horrible shit that's happening just to do my job. Like nothing. Yeah. I keep seeing like this, the the doc, hearing documents being shredded. I'd see people in the bathroom, their faces changing in like these demonic. I don't know what what can you call that half monsters, full monsters, their mouths widening, all sorts yeah. of horrible stuff. But look, not bad enough for me to quit. No, fuck no. I need to get internet in there. You know what I'm well, saying? Yeah, and you have got a duffel bag filled with trial CDs. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my boss is actually uh, God, <laughs> and so he is also giving me these these huge speeches like Pacino is giving Keanu, but he's very focused on like 1997 internet. That's yeah. the whole speeches, you know, uh, surround themselves. And so I'm, I'm listening to this guy and then going over to, uh, what do they call it? Remember his, what's it? Milton something and waters or something is the law firm. Milton, right. like it's, it's several names. <sighs> mm-hmm. And so that's what I would do. I would be like, that's the, I'd be that guy. I'm saying I'm also contracted to, to this is the what it's all leading to. I'm contracted to also do the apartment complex, all the higher ups live in together, you know, Pacino where the finale takes place. And so Keanu shoots himself, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Connie Nielsen burns to a crisp and uh, Al Pacino explodes into fame and then the flame and they cut to the fourth person 
underneath the desk trying to connect the computer. <laughs> well, and then and then, and and you hear the voice of God for the first time. I'm, I'm shouting. I'm shouting. As 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 uh, Pacino's blowing it fire into a fiery rage, you hear my voice go. What's your password again? What's your password? I just gotta log on. I gotta install the CD. If you could, yeah. I get. Hey, I know you're trying to get your um your your uh, your uh, your children have sex together in your. Uh, in your bedroom worth with no bed, but uh hey uh Milton, I have to reboot your computer. Is this game of Archon in mid stride? Can I can I restart? Are you gonna be are you gonna be butthurt if I restart Archon? I used to love our I used to love Archon. I used to love that's a Commodore sixty four game, my friend. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. There's a few things like battle chess. Yeah, Archon blew my mind back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Just like this movie did. Yeah. You know, and uh, and I'd be like, Pacino, is, is this the are we at 30 percent of Connie Nielsen's nudity screen time yet? Or is this are we still ha- hover around 27 percent? Um, all right. So what what about the island, sir? Yeah. So you are so on an island and you've you accumulated so much debris from all these films. You're floating around the sea and uh, you've got to take something special from Devil's Advocate to mm. add to the mix. It's a lot of options. A ton. There's one option. Oh. <laughs> All right. I'd take Craig T. Nelson to the island with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. He's a complete asshole. He's a jerk in this. He's awful, awful person. Right. I don't care. He's still Craig T. Nelson. He's special. He's a, he's really God's special, whatever Pacino says. What is it? God special creature. Yeah. I mean, it's, I get distracted because that's who he, must be talking about but right. yeah i'd take greg t we'd be piling around the island you know um over under on how how many minutes before that's craig's island <laughs> i'd willingly give it i don't care it's i'd be nice. his buddy on there he can yeah. have it he can own it you're right um but you know maybe we could then like i would you know we just star in like you know audience list productions of his uh film and tv work yeah you know and I'd play all the Craig T roles and he'd get to enjoy, you know, learning the other parts. Do you know what I'm saying? Solid. Could work. What about you? So my little hut that I sleep in, um, I've been waiting a long time to paint it on the inside. <laughs> and, uh, it's just drywall. It's drywall that I've, you know, that I, that's sitting there. And Did I you hung, you hung some drywall in there. No, it's natural, naturally occurring drywall. And um, I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> that's the studio we're recording in now is drywall. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I don't have, I, I still unpainted, but I have these Sherwin Williams strips of different shades of green mm-hmm. that I've stolen from Charlize's apartment. So I've got these little paint strips like with, green this and green that and all that. And I've got, I've just got, I'm, I'm so I've just got these little swaths there that I'm c- forever going to be pouring over to determine what color my, my, my uh, inner sanctum is. Yeah. This movie's got so much nudity and even paint strips, you know, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, it's a uh, it's a horny ass movie. And I, I think their names are unique enough that it sounds like something Crayola would do. I think I talked about this at the beginning of the show a little bit, but like Charlize Green or Keanu Blue, right? Right. Al Red. You know, things like that. You know what I'm saying? Or Pacino. Yeah. I don't know what. Just Pacino. Well, I mean, I think Pacino you could Brown. probably, I mean, I think you could probably do a little better than that. Oh, Charlize Brown. Charlize Brown, even better. Well, I, I get it. I get it. You do? Yeah. Or like Matarazzo Orange. You know, you can get that. You can get like, you know, you can get, you know, you can get Connie Nielsen's Puss Puce. <laughs> It's the final fig leaf, Nick. What is? As Pacino says in the phone. The final fig leaf. I don't remember that. It's just it's one of the many crazy things he says. Remember, he has a whole line about God. God, uh, he wants you to look, but you can't touch. He wants you to to touch, suck, but can't swallow, or whatever. Something like that. You can't. You can taste, but you can't eat. Something like that. Like he has a whole rip on God. And uh, I want to zoom in. Yeah. I went to Milton High School. Did you really? Yeah. So it's kind of a nice little dovetail. I went to Central. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know what our uh, mascot was? Um, Rick Derringer. The Maroons. That's fucked up. Yeah. What was your mascot? Do you remember? Eagles. That makes sense. Yeah. So should have been. Should have been the snakes. It was fucked up going out there. I was the ma- I was the mascot one year. Did I had you guys have a costume? Yeah, I had this really awkward Joe Walsh costume I'd go out in.
everyone The time has come to pay But their breath returns The song begins And the few become the one The walking plague roams the valley And the cities become ruins Now they reach the sky Atop their steed And the song becomes the wind We cannot waste it We can't let the echo die Sentimental, elemental rise We cannot 